<laughs> we lost him again. We did. Look, this is typically where I tell you a bunch of stuff about Soccer90.com and all the cool stuff they had, but you really only need to know one thing because you're a good third-degree listener. You get 25% off your purchase when you use the code thirddegree at checkout at Soccer90.com. So, go do that. Well, hello there, FC Dallas Curious fan. Welcome to another edition of Third Degree, the podcast. Hi, it's me, Peter, and I'm joined again by my two favorite guys to talk all things Dallas soccer. First off, the good Dan Crook. Hi, Peter. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much, Dan. It's good to hear your voice again. Even in these trying times of no real soccer. Uh, Excuse me, sir? The European championships start in a few days yeah but i mean it's not like mls or anything and nations league (laughs) and uh from some parts unknown gallivanting across our fine land it's your hero and mine editor founder of thirddegree.net the amazing buzz carrick come in buzz Hello, Peter, calling in for real this time from uh, the village inn in chalice idaho population i don't know 400 Something like that. Idaho. Are Idaho, tr- right. Yeah. Are you, tr- are you trying out for a militia? No, no. Heading to the lake, Lake Coeur d'Alene, although it is a very uh, fascinating area, I will admit. <laughs> but, you know, I'm going to be at a lake house, so I'm not doing the rest of the stuff. But, All yeah, right. there's a whole thing going on up here sometimes. Well, bring us back some potatoes, please, sir. When are you back, by the way? Uh, The 19th? maybe okay whenever your car gets you home huh yeah whenever i get home okay well um let's see let's where should we start with i think probably the big thing to talk about is what everybody's talking about in mostly good terms unbelievably how much time can heal all things the u.s men's national team what a week they've had they have now bested three Concacaf villains in a row on the run first a win over honduras then that amazing evening against Mexico and Denver, and then just a little bit before we started recording this, um, they uh, did a friendly against Costa Rica, and look who scored for the Yanks, our very own Reggie Cannon. It's been a nice little week of uh, American soccer, has it not, Buzz? Oh, it has been. Uh, you know, Some of the guys that you were hoping to see rise to the occasion did so. Um, Mark McKenzie had a rough start, but then sort of redeemed himself quite a bit, but he's still young. That's fine. I thought Reggie had a bad first game, but then opened the door to Yedlin a little bit, and then Yedlin didn't do squat to go through the door. So Reggie was back in, and he scored so good for Reggie. Uh, it's an exciting week. There's a, you know, when, you, when you see your national team rise up and have some moxie and win a, a, what is always a difficult game against Mexico, and in this case for a trophy of some kind, uh, that's huge. It's so it's a confidence builder for that team. And this is what you wanted to see. This is what they should have been doing. And you got to love how young they are. And you got to love how it's all guys that are going to be here as part of this team, probably if they continue to perform well for a long time, it's super exciting. All right. So Dan, you are our, uh, our resident 
uh, alien <coughs> here at the country, Gazuntite, whoever that was. That was and, um, uh, Dan, I'm interested in your standpoint because you're literally on the precipice of your national team uh, competing in a major tournament, which they are not favorites per se, but goodness, they've got a lot of talent on that team, and you never know what's going to happen. But I'm interested in what your perspective of the U.S. men's national team is of late. Uh, I, I prefer a lawful permanent resident, thank you. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to water down your resident status. Yeah, yeah I don't <laughs> want Buzz's militia coming after me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know people. <laughs> he does. He does know people. Um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. I did watch the Mexico game. I don't normally make a habit of watching the uh, U.S. games just because they're always on a kind of weird times for me. Uh, what an absolutely craptastic, bonkers, entertaining game that was. Technic- it, w- it technically it was the, dire, but it was know. the most entertaining bad soccer game in the history of soccer. I think it was kind of funny because you've got like so many people saying that was the greatest game ever, and it's like technically, no. Was it entertaining? Yes. Yeah, yeah it was mad entertaining. Um, but yeah, no, uh, absolute batshit crazy. Um, Sorry, what was... Oh, uh, it's, England is, is weird. You know, we build things up. We uh, expect the uh, disappointment, and then we uh, heap on them and destroy their souls um, afterwards. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, the uh, the World Cup was particularly disappointing because while you thought, they're crap, they're not going to do anything, then they go and get to the semi-final, and then it actually... You're, you're filled with hope and the it's coming home stuff goes from being ironic to oh crap it might actually come home um, which apparently a lot of people uh, in the US seem to misunderstand and didn't really get our humor but such is life English uh, humor is a bit sometimes hard to grasp Dan just if I'm being honest it's magical <laughs> yeah okay if that's how you want to describe it, sure. Uh, I, I got to say, out of everything that happened uh, over the course of this week, uh, the amount of pride that grows in my uh, in my heart for Weston McKinney uh, never seems to be able to cease because I am so proud that what I think is the best player on the U.S. men's national team is from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And I and and everything that he did from how he handled himself in the Honduras game when the Hondurans were just being absolute shitheads uh, and wasting all that time to his level of fight and winning balls in the air against the Mexicans and then some of the stuff that he did afterwards and the way that he celebrated, man, it just makes me feel so good that he is from my hometown. You're from Little Yeah, I totally... Go ahead, Dan. I didn't know Peter was from Little Elm. Wow. That's like population three. I said Dallas-Fort Worth area, Dan. <laughs> Jerk. Well, uh, what I, what, yeah, Peter, I totally agree. and I, I love how he's, I think, taking on the mantle of, you know, stand up and get in your face and, and, and get people motivated, which is sort of what a captain should be doing. I wouldn't mind seeing him be captain. He should be um, captain. But in, yeah. In particular, though, I was really amazed by how much free reign they give him and how much ground he covers when he does choose to go forward. You know, I, I think probably from what he was doing at Schalke, he t- up until, you know, maybe a year ago, he tended to be pretty, not static, but more conservative in his choices. And I assume it's something he's picked up at Juventus 
Um, and that it may be partially from Bearhalter, but there were there were so many times when I I found him in places that I found surprising, and I was like the amount of ground he's covering to get up there and get back. He literally is playing box to box, sideline to sideline. It's just phenomenal performance. The kid's playing uh, out of his mind, good soccer. And I agree with you that like overall, he's the best player uh, in the national team right now. Now there are guys that do more creative, more interesting, more fascinating stuff and have higher potential, but right now. Weston is playing just amazing game. Amazing. The other name that I, I still don't think has gotten enough credit for that Mexico game, um, despite the fact that that embarrassing first goal actually started, that entire sequence started with his mistake, is Kellen Acosta, who I think had an outstanding game overall for the United States that night. I find the irony that he ended up getting asked to play left back <laughs> to help uh, to help kind of do something about that speedy little kid that the Tata put on towards the end of the game that I thought he did fairly well against. I just think he's been the really underreported story, especially when you consider Kellen's story about how he had just kind of fallen off the face of the earth and asked to be traded and went to Colorado and to that black hole and uh, of a team and, and now has really worked his way back into the, uh, as somebody to consider for the national side. Well, you remember we talked about after that Colorado game about how much better he looked than the last time we had seen him. And he even was playing left back that day. You know, that's and, true. And, yeah, and, that's uh, right. I forgot about yeah. that. And he, he, it's not just, again, we talk about this sometimes with players. It's sometimes it's about how they carry themselves. And when we saw Acosta in that game covering ground, moving like we haven't seen him move in a while, carrying himself with an attitude we haven't seen in a while. He's carried that over to the national team. Now, look, is he one of the best players in the whole world? No, of course not. He's not playing in one of the big five leagues. We know where he is. We know what he's, who he's playing for. We know where his level's at. But he's found himself again in his game again. And he's playing again for me right now. He's playing the best, equal to the best soccer he ever played for Dallas and maybe even better. Uh, he looks terrific. I'm, ha- I'm happy to see him in the pool and a big part of what's happening. Now, was he going to start in the World Cup? I don't know, but I think he's put himself in a position to be on that team for sure. Yeah. You know, there was a there were two photos that came out after the Mexico game and the one that I think everybody is aware of is the famous one of them celebrating in front of the Mexican crowd and Polisica with his shirt off and looking like he hasn't had anything to eat or drink in quite some time. Very fit Mr. Christian Polisic. Um there's another photo that came out that I think Buzz you shared it on Twitter which is a photo taken of the four guys on with the group that are from FC Dallas, and that's Kellen, um, Weston, Reggie, and Brian Reynolds, all standing there with the trophy, celebrating. And when I first saw the photo, I was I was really moved by it. I, I was I, again, I had a great sense of pride that those guys are from here and from uh, the club that I love. And then as I began to think about it and dwaddle on it, uh, the picture really began to bother me because I started to think about the idea that what if that photo was four Texas Rangers playing with, uh, a, um, you know, in an international tournament, whatever that World Cup of, of baseball they play, or three Dallas Stars playing in the in the hockey international tournament, or three Dallas Mavericks uh, playing in the in the Olympics uh, for the United States. The amount of coverage the local media would give that, or the way that the individual clubs would utilize that photo to their advantage um and it would also translate i believe into a much larger fan base and so 
here's this photo of four guys that FC Dallas brought up through various stages of their career, but are are each in their own way critical to those guys' careers. And in no way, shape, or form do they do anything with it. Do they have any credit for it? Um, and it and and they have uh, a really really long running history of poor attendance and lack of coverage in the local media. And and I really think that photo. I, I hope and pray that that photo wakes somebody up in that club, in that front office, of what the world they are doing to themselves by not taking up the opportunity that they've created for themselves through the success of their academy. Well, I think um, some of the slower players, like your social media types, are, are and do do that. They're the ones that arranged for that photo, as far as I know. They're the ones that put it out initially. Um, you know, that, there's a recognition, I think, from the, the soccer, the, how soccer works and where FC Dallas is in its landscape with the younger people in that space. The problem is, and you and I both, we all know this, and Dan's more used to it than, than we are, you know, Dallas is a selling club. So th- four, all four of those guys have gone on. One's gone on inside the league, but the other three have gone on to the European level to try and play at a higher level than FC Dallas is. Maybe both. This is not, but it's people would argue that it is, you know, that's the nature of how this works. So it's, it's a shame that for Dallas, those guys don't all play for Dallas. They all play for somebody else. They just came from here, you know? So it's like, it's like saying four local kids to, to big media, you know, they don't latch onto the idea that Dallas is a club helped develop and form all these guys until you get to a point where you can keep more of those guys at home and those guys really are all playing for FC Dallas. Like I like think that picture would have gotten more traction in my mind if it had been Paxton Jesus and Tanner in a camp. Because those guys all still play for FC Dallas. You see what I mean? Well you I don't know, even it is know the if nature I, of the but, beast. But I don't know if I agree with you on that, Buzz. I, I let me I think the fact that there are three guys playing internationally and one guy playing with a different club and they're all playing in what now is going to be one of the most memorable classic games in national team history should be an amazing advertisement for this team and and get people in our metroplex to be interested in the club. But I think all of that's been burned to the ground so badly over the last 10, 15 years. That even that that when that picture comes out, it it has zero impact in the way that it yeah, should you don't be think, impactful. You think so? You don't, don't you think understand? If, yeah, I do. But like, if if you had three ex Dallas Stars players in the Olympics, and if you had four ex Rangers in the Olympics, would they care? That's my point different. is, is that the fact I know I know it's different, and in Dallas, but Dallas is a, Dallas FC Dallas and MLS in general are a league you move up from. So it's more like saying, what if there were four major leaguers that used to play for the Frisco Rough Riders that all made it to the one World Series? Would we be like, wow, look at this. They all came. It would be like a thing for like two seconds. I'm just saying that like in the media, I think there's a lack of understanding that like the development process and how important it is that these guys all came through the club. And I think it would be a bigger deal if they literally all played for FC Dallas, which those four guys do not. Dallas isn't anywhere near a place where they could keep all four of those guys. So that's why I say like if it was – Paxton, Jesus, and Tanner, you know, there might be more local media traction in the sense that the local media don't really understand the landscape as well. I think if that was Brendan Aronson and Mark McKenzie, uh, you know, Philly uh, a ride in it for a long time. MLS is uh, absolutely fawning over it. And it takes that for local media to understand it. You, You have to educate them. You have to, you know, I mean... 
how many times do you see uh you know radio bits and tv bits and and various uh sports media where it's like yeah yeah i'm here to discuss all the all the the various sports teams and then you know they they talk about four or actually not even four because let's be honest no one ever talks about the stars so you know they <laughs> might talk about three no i mean the stars no, they're talking about but no they... you're right but but to your point dan what if what if those were four uh, either current or former Timbers players, or or Sounders, or Red Bull, or or, or Philly for that matter. I just think the mileage. That's what I'm, that's the what I'm imp- saying. If it was yeah. Brendan Aronson and Mark McKenzie, Philly are riding it. MLS is riding it, and that's when you start getting people's attention. See, that's what. Well, that's that what, picture did come from FC Dallas' social media, and they have been doing that. Your academy can't even thing. I mean, yeah. some of the people that are involved in this but, stuff are trying their best. Yeah, let me let me. Let yeah. me say this, Buzz, because I should correct myself. I I didn't I didn't understand. I did not know that the picture was sourced uh, by Eddie and the FC Dallas social team. I didn't know that. And so, if that is the case, then kudos to them for at least doing that. But I think that even more drives home my point that it 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 just shows how far this club has missed the mark over the years. That they've gotten to the point where four of the kids that come out of their academy are playing in a game of this level of importance and note. And it's reduced to a photo in their Twitter feed. Is there Eddie's doing a ton, but it's it's you know one person or, or a couple of people in like like Buzz said earlier, the lower players. You know there wasn't anything like a, a press release that went out to celebrate for you know uh, well I guess three former FC Dallas players playing in the game and a fourth being with the roster. Um, there wasn't any, you know. There's just nothing that's kind of saying, "Hey, you guys need to cover this. Do this. This is great. It's a slow sports week. What you're going to do? Cry about Luca for another couple of days until the Cowboys release some people you've never heard of, and the Rangers. I mean, do they, are they even playing right now? Um, yeah, I you know, this it, it's a slow sports time, and it's kind of like the time that that's an opportunity to try and capitalize on that, and they've. Missed the mark. I mean, yeah. you could do a whole sales pitch. You add a, a silhouette and say, "Come see who's next." Is it Paxson Pomacal? Is it is it Tanner Testman? Is it Jesus Ferreira? Who's the next one to win a trophy with the United States Men's National Team? Yeah, uh, it, uh, that's exactly it, Dan. Thank you for for saying that better than I could. I, it is it is amazing to me that the club has gotten so far that they've they've got this achievement and um uh, it goes largely unnoticed uh, other than the fact that everybody goes oh yeah Dallas has a really good academy team they're good at selling players and that as a person that's been a fan of this team since you know 1997 and and just like you buzz I, I, that that makes me nuts that really really bums me out i, I love yeah, the fact they've I- got a great academy and they've sold a lot of players for a lot of money but it makes me very sad that the on-field product and the game day atmosphere and the experience of going to the games is it doesn't equal that part of it. Well, you and I have been talking about you know making a big hero out of Paxton since he was about fifteen. Unfortunately, he can't stay healthy long enough for them to do that. But at least like you know, based on their marketing stuff, it seems like they've been trying to do that when he's around. <laughs> But so, but you know, it's it, again as as we always often talk about with this club. Sometimes they have some good ideas, and they almost rarely execute it properly and how it should be done. 
All right. Well, that's all good feelings and good vibes for the U.S. men's national team, I suppose. So check back with us after the Gold Cup or even more importantly, World Cup qualifying. (laughs) Um, All right, Buzz. I should have said something at the beginning because here, uh, even when you're on the road, you still take photos and send us your written in crayon uh, (laughs) run sheets. I, I'm glad to I'm know you take sure your. That's crayon. I think that's blood. I, I guess it's blood. It's roadkill. I, yeah. Now that I'm looking at it more carefully, Dan, I yeah. think you're right. What do you? Yeah. He's writing in the blood of an animal he picked up off the side of the road. It, I should have promoted this from the beginning, and I apologize for not doing it, Buzz. It says here that you have a small news item. Well, actually, I have two. Two small uh, news items. Two, two, huntsman, who, two huntsman dumps. So wait uh, a second. From, Do two yeah. small hunt, huntsman dumps make one big one or one medium? Or how does that work? Uh, well, I think one of them is a small, one of them is a medium. And I think together oh. you're going to get a large huntsman dump. All right. Let's start with yeah, the small. Okay. The small one um, from my spies, who are people that just went to practice and look through the fence. Jesus Ferrer back in training. And participating, and while he probably is not going to be fit enough to start, he looks like he will be fit enough to contribute in this next game coming up, which is, you know, they still have 10 days of training away from that. So Jesus is back and should be available for the next game. So that's a pretty good uh, piece of news for the club. Okay. We'll accept that as a small huntsman dump. Small huntsman dump. Okay. okay. Big huntsman dump or medium Wait, you said this dump. is medium. This is medium huntsman dump. Okay. There's a new player in town training with the team. Uh, when I when I asked who it was, the, my spy said uh, the guy from Argentina. Oh, so, uh, I took that, and he didn't respond after that. My spy, so I took that as this is the guy from the paper that's the six. I mean, I don't think he meant Messi. So. You know, <laughs> he didn't. He didn't confirm a hundred percent that it's the six that we've seen reported. But is it I would Qu- imagine Queen, Queen Gone? Is that it? Yeah, Queen Gone, something like that. The guy that yeah. Lanus that refuses to play yeah. for Lanus or Lanus, Lanus and, yeah. And, yeah. and they're mad about but, that. Yeah. So my my spies tell me he actually is here and participating in training. Oh. So that means you know, hopefully, window opens July seventh. So hopefully, we can and, and if they're willing to. I think if they, I think if this hometown team is willing to you know release him out of his contract early, then they can even activate him early. I think, not one hundred percent sure about that one, but um, not, at the very least, it's nice to hear that he's here. I don't have a scouting report yet, but I think it's cool that apparently he's here already working out with the team, so he should be theoretically good to go on uh, when the window opens. If not, you think uh, you think Lucci's uh, tried him out at left wing back yet? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Given how badly they need a six, I can't promise he's not going to be playing left wing back. You don't think yeah. he'll get the thrown out in his... six? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> think he won't get thrown out in that first game as a wing back just to yeah, just wouldn't... to spite us all? <laughs> wouldn't that be hysterical? You guys remember? Oh, would... Dan won't remember. Peter, do you remember when Daniel Pineda came here? Oh yeah, it was a translation problem when they thought they were asking for a defensive <laughs> midfielder, not a midfielder who could play defense. Yes, and so he wasn't really a six. Wouldn't that be funny if they were like, "We need a six, and they're like, "Great, left back, here you go." Yeah, <laughs> I think the Dan, I think the Daniel Pineda, uh, that Daniel Pineda note is actually part of the list of amazing things that have happened to this yeah. club article that, oh, no, that's is. on your yeah. website. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is a great, that is a great one. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite stories about getting players from South America. 
Yeah. But anyway, so there's two two little small and medium hunts and then Jesus back in so, training. So he wouldn't be available uh, until July, though, right? When the transfer window officially opens, is that how that well, would work? I, I think July seventh. But there have been times like the official rule is if you're out of contract, like in the previous window, then you can be added at any time. But there's also something about if your club lets you go or releases you or agrees to transfer you early or whatever. Listen, it's MLS rules, and sometimes they're stupid, and it's con- you know on this end is Concacaf. So I-, I think the first he could be available is July seventh, but mm-hmm. nothing surprises me anymore. And if it happens to be that he could be here like a game or two before that, that would be great. But the real news is that there's a new player in town, and it's and it looks like it's this guy that we've been talking about from Lennis, and he has a holding mid which they desperately need, which is. That's all good that he's here. So that's that's good. That's the news. All right. I just want to throw this and be on the record about this because uh, while I know nothing about his situation at Linus, um, I know nothing about the current state of that team, the ownership, or his relationship with the coach of the players. I do want to just throw on the record that it does concern me that a guy that would quit on his team midway through a season in front of important games because he has something better that he wants to do worries me because I'm afraid he will do that exact same thing to Dallas when he gets a better offer to go somewhere back in Argentina or another nation that he would like to play in. I just want to put that out there. Yeah. You know, that can be a worry. I'm sure you guys remember that Mauro Diaz effectively did that. Like they pulled him out a couple of games before he actually got transferred. I think, you know, honestly that just happens. Guys protect themselves before they get traded in other sports. It's not just the nature of the beast. Um, you know, obviously, he's really excited to come here. I really wanted to protect himself. So, and he uh, um, I, he has played in games since then. He only sat out two. I think sat out two, or he sat out one, and they and they sat him for the other. The, he he played like ninety minutes every other game. Okay, I didn't know that. So that's that that makes me yeah. feel that makes me feel. I mean, better. the one he the one he sat out was against Gremio, so that was like a Libertadores game, maybe I think. So <laughs> and Zanata's was... former team. <laughs> yeah, so maybe there was a little thing there, possibly. We well, he heard know. he had to uh, he had to go and play against Thiago Santos, and he was like, "Nah." <laughs> yeah, his future his guys replacing. Yeah, I mean, listen, this, I, we should double down again on the idea that. Obviously, on some level, Lucci agreed, okay, you can sell Tiago Santos. But they kneecapped Lucci like a week before the season. I mean, that's a massive, massive chunk that they took out of his midfield and his defense. And you remember all winter, guys, we talked about we weren't worried about the defense because really you were just changing one position. Like Martinez for for Reto was basically even if not an upgrade. And they had Tiago Santos back, and they had Maurer back, and they had Hedges back, and they had Brisson back. The only thing you were really worried about was Eddie Manjoma. Well, then, like a week out, chopped his knees out from under them and took out Tiago Santos. So getting a real six, an experienced six, a prime of the career six is a massive, massive importance in terms of riding the ship. The sooner he gets in and plays, the better. For sure. Hopefully he turns out to be a quality guy and they yeah. didn't mistranslate his uh, natural position. He's a left back, yeah. Well, that's Wait. okay, Ryan can play right. Did, uh, did, I'm trying to think who it was now. Oh, no. Uh, there was a story about Bobby Robson doing something similar when he was at Newcastle. Um, well, the, you remember the stories about this guy in the paper for the Argentine stuff said that called him a five, which I guess is what they call that holding mid position instead of six, like we do. So, you know, I think it's pretty clear that's what he is. So, you know, we'll have to see right. if he's any good. Hopefully he's good. 
Well, look, um, between Carlos Grezo and Tiago Santos, they've had a good run of South American uh, holding mids, and it would be great if they got – I mean, if he's even close to Santos, and if he's greater than Santos, all the or younger and a little bit faster and more agile than Santos, that's, uh, that's even better. So hopefully that'll work out. Now, I understand, Buzz, that uh, you also – would like to share with us that you've had a conversation with the, the manager of the team, one Luchi mm. Gonzalez. Yeah, I talked to him yesterday. Uh, via phone. While he you're on nice vacation, to... no less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was hard to schedule it because I was driving cross country in and out of the mountains, you know, so it was like I was trying to text him and it wouldn't go through for like 20 minutes, but um, he was nice enough to chat with me a little bit. It wasn't a very long conversation, but I just wanted to, you know, visit with him a little bit about, you know, where the mentality of the team was and, and, and how they feel about, you know, the recent results and that kind of thing. And, and, uh, but the general gist of the conversation was basically that some of the stuff that we've been doubling down on, you know, the idea that, um, they've made this adjustment to the midfield, you know, regardless of the fact that they need a six, they've made adjustments to the midfield and adjustment to Thiago, to, uh, sorry, Frank O'Hara that's creating these opportunities. So like now they're to a point where the big thing pushing forward is going to be what, you know, efficiency of finishing, they know 100% obviously that the finishing isn't good enough. And we can talk about what next week, what that means, what this can mean in terms of lineup, because we've got a whole week and a half to talk about it. But, um, you know, they, they clearly know that the finishing while the opportunities and the chances are there and are coming. And, and this talk of like this high XG that you see floating around by other people, they know all these things, but they, the bottom line is you got to finish. And Lucy knows it's a results oriented business and you got to score. And that's the bottom line. XG aside, you know, there, there's positives to work with, but the, you got to get the ball in the back of the net. And then there's a couple of things in the back they want to try and t- tighten up. Obviously, Manjoma still is a weak link in terms of defensive positioning and help defense. And they got a couple of banged up center backs. But other than that, he's pretty happy with the state of the team, minus the fact that no one is scoring. So, you know, the, his take of the team is the same as a lot of our takes of the team, which was actually nice to have that reinforcement from him. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Our very own John Leonard, I think we even talked about this last week, the article that he wrote that, you know, kind of did a really nice job of breaking down some of the statistical issues with the team uh, that indicated all of the stuff that we've talked about uh, in his very John Leonard way. Uh, And that was kind of the leading edge of a host of other uh, articles that have come out across different media outlets. John Arnold today in the Dallas Morning News uh, had an article and I you know John's opinion I thought was uh, interesting which was this uh, maybe what Dallas should be doing is, is or maybe Dallas shouldn't change anything they should just keep doing what they're doing and eventually results will fix themselves that really the only thing that ails Dallas is uh, the lack of finishing and and it's really bad uh, they've scored eight goals but four of them came from one game against a b-side and um, and then the other four have been dispersed in other ways. One of them was a penalty kick. You know, you get that story. And that's really what ails the team. And I, and I wonder, Buzz, if you if you caught into that idea at all. Uh, I, I do a little bit in the sense that I really do think that the, the last couple of games, the, 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 what, the change they made, and we talked about it last week too, the change that they made has really put them in a position where they're getting the right level of opportunity without yet abandoning their defensive principles. You know, the, the things that are, to some extent, the part where I would agree with that with John is that they are a little banged up at center back. That'll get better, right? They are, uh, the tweak of the tactics that's resulted in more chances, I think is really good. 
Um, but there's, I still think there are significant roster problems. You're going to have to wait. If, if you're going to stick with Munjoma at right back, you're, it's going to take half the season before he really is up to where the level he needs to be, both defensively and offensively. So that's uh, something that has to be fixed. Uh, and for me, the, when you get, the bottom line is the whole front three guys aren't good enough in terms of, again, this is this idea of efficiency of scoring. You have to be able to, it's not just, did I get enough shots? Is that I, did I put them on frame? Did they have to be saved or did they have to be blocked? Am I actually getting scoring opportunities off of this? Are, am I actually having a chance to score goals? And, and am I converting? And the bottom line is they're not converting. So sometimes, I firmly believe, sometimes, even if your guy, your forward, your nine, is got getting a whole bunch of chances. And last game, right, we talked about Franco Haru could have had five, right? All of that is awesome, except that he didn't get any. And there comes a point at which, and I believe that if your guy who's getting paid money and listen, when you're the nine, you're getting paid to score and that's it. If you're not scoring, then there comes a point at which that guy's got to sit and maybe Pepe's not ready possibly, or maybe you, you give it to Pepe for a game or two just to make the point of, if you don't score, you're not going to be starting at the nine position, you know, sometimes that, so I don't think you can just, Keep doing what you're doing. I don't think that's 100% right. I think you can keep doing a, a lot of what you're doing, but not all of it. You have to be proactive and fix some things that need to be fixed, or you're just going to end up in the bottom of the table. If, if you just keep doing this the rest of the season, you're going to the bottom of the table. So that's not going to work. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you're completely right about that. Uh, you know, your striker's there to do, a, particularly in a, sorry, in a formation that uses one forward, He's there to score goals. Um, you know, it's easier to make the argument with an uh, with an off striker. But uh, you brought in uh, two, a guy for two point nine million a year, who you know you lauded for his being the record goal scorer for Pachuca, and uh, you know built him up as as the guy to to get FC Dallas over the line, and and he's failed so far. Um, you know, now could it be a, a Cobra thing and there's like a resurgence in the second half of the season? Sure. But, you know, kind of like Buzz was alluding to, Cobra went through that hole. You've got to see it. You're not even making game day rosters at this point before it kind of clicked for him. Um, so maybe that's Jesus coming back. Maybe that is Pepe getting some game time. And, you know, we've seen Pepe start. We've seen Pepe go um, a fair distance. He's not a 90-minute week-in, week-out boy, but he's definitely serviceable and lively, um, you know, and, and certainly statistically far more efficient than Hara. One thing, Dan- Peter, I think they have done right in the the in the keep doing what you're doing is that I think they've gotten pa- Paxton ready to start. I think they did a good job managing his workload up until now. I think like bringing him in at halftime last uh-huh. game sets him up perfectly to start this next game. He is your assist leader on the team, and having him in there, he's one of the few guys we talk about that can create special moments and create opportunities. And I think if you now you're ready to start him, I think that's going to be a nice one of the nice pieces of, of fixing what's wrong with this team. Do you feel like there's any uh, when you talk to Lucci? Uh, did you have a conversation at all specifically about Hara and his situation and Jesus returning and and Pepe's uh, role in that position? Well, a lot of the discussion was um, off the record. A lot of it is just sort of background stuff, so I can understand nah. you know what's going on. But what I will say about um, Pepe specifically is that 
I'm actually really okay with the amount of minutes they're giving Peppy. What happens sometimes with young kids, um, and if you if people go watch training, which no one can really do, but because they don't have time, these people have jobs and stuff that are listening to this podcast. But sometimes you have a player. Let's use Peppy as an example. That's what we're talking about. He had that start he had against Portland, where Portland rotated their whole team. And the team exploded for goals. And Pepe was just, I thought, just okay in that game. He wasn't remarkable in and of himself. But like the week following, when I saw him in training, he didn't was not very good. He didn't really seize the moment. You know what I mean? Like once he got that start, he should have ripped it up in training that week to prove that he should have kept a spot. And he didn't really do that. You know, sometimes learning to be a pro is learning to be a the learning to do the grind, which is that you got to bring it. Every single day in training, you can't loaf it. And, and especially when you're 18 and trying to take a guy's spot, for example. So sometimes a young guy like Pepe or a young guy like Dante Seeley, if you're wondering why you don't see more Dante Seeley, well, now he's a PSV. But other than that, you know, <laughs> occasionally these kids don't react the way you want them to react in training. And, and what I can say is that since then, independent of, you know, playing or not, so there have been weeks where I've seen Pepe since then where he's now starting to be more consistent in training and bringing in training because training matters. So, you know, is there a chance that you could see Pepe soon? I mean, I, you know, when you're, when you're a week and a half from the game, it's really hard to know. But, um, you know, certainly up until now, I don't think Pepe has done a good enough job of forcing the issue in the sense of like, it's one thing to say Frank O'Hara hasn't got it done. It's another thing to turn around and go, well, who the heck am I going to put in there? Oh, I got this kid killing it you remember you don't you may not remember this peter i asked um dave Durr one time about like okay who's doing a good job in training and he was like dude i got this kid lazo alavania who is killing it in training <laughs> and i cannot figure out how to get him onto the field there's just not a spot for him and it's like that's not what you get <laughs> right with peppy right now because he's not killing it every day you know so i'm okay that he hasn't been forced in there a ton yet this week i'm to a point where you need to bench Frank O'Hara no matter what. I don't care if you got to put Ryan Hollingshead in at the nine. You have to prove a point and put somebody else in there this week. And it could be literally any – it can't be Jesus because he's not fit enough for that. But Pepe, Ryan, whoever you want to do, and put Matt Hedges up front, whatever. Somebody else needs to start at the nine this week. Thomas All right. Roberts. Okay. Thomas that's, Roberts. Thank yeah, you. Tommy thank you, Dan. Now, now do Thomas <laughs> Roberts. Thomas yeah. Roberts. Yeah, Thomas Roberts. <laughs> put Tommy Pooh up there. I don't no, know. Maybe, maybe I, put – yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. You're missing. You're missing the joke. It's not really a joke. No. I'm serious. Like if you're saying go out there and bust and rip up every yeah. week on this podcast, you come back and go, dude, I watched Thomas Roberts and he's like the yeah. best player out there. He's killing it out there. So everything you just said is defeated by the fact that there is a kid out there doing that at practice and yeah. he's not even making the 18. Well, in Thomas's case, he's plays. He's playing the same position where Brian Acosta is killing it. And he's a team MVP. And in my mind, Andres Ricarte is playing just short of that team MVP level. And he's also got Paxton, who's in that spot a lot. And he's also got Tanner, who's in that spot. So while I think Thomas Roberts is killing it every week in training, Thomas Roberts is like sixth on the depth chart at that position. And it's just, it's a lot harder than Pepe, who's second, because Jesus is gone. You know, I I, I honestly, uh, Thomas is a bit of a mystery. I'm not sure. I haven't yet had a long enough conversation with Lucci because, but you know, when you talk to Lucci, if you ask him a question, he answers the question for 10 minutes. So it's like, you talked to him for an hour and I got four questions in and I didn't get to Thomas Roberts. So 
one of these days, eventually, I'll get to talk to him about Thomas Roberts. But poor I Thomas. Yet, he, and, uh, you know, even Buzz forgets about Thomas. Good lord, poor. Oh Tommy, no, I don't forget about Tommy Thomas Poo. Roberts. Believe me, I just I got you know when I start with the Frank O'Hara question, and then by the time I get down to Thomas, the, it's already an hour. Oh, into the I know. Call, I, so I get like, it. You know. I get it, Buzz. Even your questions <laughs> yeah. are more important than by the time you get to Tommy Poo. You just forget about it. I understand. I know. Yeah. Um, okay, so have you gotten any updates, you or Dan, either one of you, have any updates on health status, Matt Hedges? Uh, you gave a little bit of Jesus Freya uh, in there. Anything about Mar- uh, Martinez or anybody else that's been banged up of late? Uh, I know that Brisson left to get his green card. Um, so that hopefully will be dealt with. That's not really a health thing, but that's fine. Um, I hope he leaves bad Brisson in Brazil. Yeah, hopefully so. Um, what I, what I initially heard about hedges was that, that somebody I knew was a little worried based on what they had told him was the injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but then the team said it was only like two to four weeks. So I, I imagine we're expecting him to get back. I I'm under the impression from the, my spies that, um, hedges didn't train this week, you know, because they were kind of, they're still resting him and holding him out. So, uh, I don't particularly have any more info right now on hedges other than that. Um, other than I think they're not too worried about him being out long-term, uh, and I, I really have no idea what's going on with Martinez other than he was labored for sure last game. You know, they, he doesn't show up on the injury list. Martinez doesn't. So we don't have any idea what's wrong with him. Well, they also haven't had a media availability uh, since the game. So it's, yeah, that too. you know, we, we're really going on nothing. Hmm. All right, so uh, back into the front office stuff because this is uh, not really breaking news, but this has popped up on Twitter while you guys were talking there. H- have either one of you seen or heard this Don Garber interview um, uh, that is uh, that is floating around the internet today in relation to having to answer a question from the Miami uh, owner, Jorge Moss. I saw the Moss quote. I have not seen Dan, the Don's All right. All right. Answer. So, so Moss, who owns Inter-Miami, and clearly there's been some issues there as of late, has a quote that says, it's no secret that there are a segment of owners in the league that do not want to spend money. They're clipping coupons, and life is good. That's not why we got into this. And so uh, this reporter from ESPN, uh, I think it, actually it's uh, Hercules Gomez, asks Garber this question in reaction, and Garber's response uh, is this. Well, I'd say that, uh, you know, I, I think all new owners probably need to do some media training, right? And in this case, you know, they're probably media training might have made this a question I wouldn't have to answer, right, Herc? <laughs> so what I would say is that it's just patently untrue. You know, every owner has a, a different vision. They're all deeply committed, and you know that. You've been in the league a long time. Not everybody can deliver on everything that they have planned for a wide variety of reasons, not out of want or, or desire. It's about execution, and that's why sports are great. Those who execute well with a good plan win. Those who have a good plan and don't execute don't win. So, you know, ultimately we have a very committed and passionate ownership group. And, uh, you know, I, I can't look around our board table and think there's anybody there that is doing anything other than trying to deliver value for their fans and, and be as good an owner as they're possibly capable of being. All right. So, I, I you know, Here's everybody's immediately going to say he's talking about the hunts, and I'm sure there's probably some level of that. But to be fair, 
Dan and Clark have kept this team in spending, at least not at least in salaries, not necessarily transfer fees, somewhere around the middle of the league. Um, and they put a lot of money into their academy and stuff. So I don't know if that's completely fair, but I do like it when owners run smack on other owners. Oh yeah, you gotta love owner smack talk. It's awesome. I mean, I listen. We've said this about the hunts too. That like they don't. It's not that they don't spend money. They just don't spend money like you or I want them to. They spend money like they want to. They drop fifty million on a Hall of Fame when we would like them to drop fifty million on the team. So you know, it's they do spend money. It's just a different kind of money. And and uh, and, and certainly they don't spend money like Moss spends money. And, but yeah. uh, you know, the only thing better than. Uh, supporters club drama is owner drama. And I love it when like Paulson mouths off or when people get uh, pre-court to say something stupid or, you know, when I love all that stuff. I love owners that talk. I wish we had owners that would, not that I would want the hunts to put their foot in their mouth, but I wish they would put out something more genuine and more real. Yeah. You know, say something. You should watch the video because, you know, we always talk about body language. Watch oh, yeah. Don's body language when he's talking. He's like, so it, agitated. His head's like a little bobblehead. Well, what, he, he's got his arms folded, so that's like the first sign of negative body language. But as he starts to answer the question, his arms literally start gripping himself tighter and tighter and tighter. It's really, really funny. And I love the line, I guess I guess new owners need to go through more and more intensive media training so that I don't have to deal with questions like this. It's <laughs> right. classic. That is fantastic stuff. Um, yeah. All right. That, that's, uh, that's really, really good. All right. Anything else about the team itself? You know, we're kind of in this uh, down lull period. I don't know how much there is else to talk about. And I certainly don't want to fight this week either. So... Um, because uh, clearly I will lose. So, so uh, anything else, Buzz and Dan, that you want to talk about, at least in terms of Football Club Dallas? Yeah, well, I think as the as the next week goes on, we'll probably get a little more information, a little, little more about what's likely to happen. So I, I think there's plenty of time to talk about what's going to come next with the team, uh, you know, in the future. So I think, I think that's all I got for right now so far. Okay. All right, Dan, we'll, uh, we'll push over to your little neck of the woods, which is all the lower division uh, semi-pro stuff that's happening in the area. Are you calling me semi-professional? No, you were covering the semi-professional. Oh. Uh, technically, oh, was, you, yeah, gonna, you kind of are. I was going to say rank bloody out. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, with, without FC Dallas, there's a few local games. Uh, Denton Diablos won 5-4 in Brownsville. Uh, which uh, Damon, uh, you know, wearing nothing but a smile and that Denton and that uh, that white wrestling championship belt led uh, had his birthday in a Olive Garden with the team. Uh, that, that was oh, that geez. was weird. Uh, but they're now uh, they're on, they've won every game so far, four in a row, which uh, that puts them second in MPSL's national power rankings. Oh wow! Uh, let me look up. Because I made a note earlier, uh, Irving FC was actually hosting uh, Fort Worth Vaqueros right now. Fort Worth, uh, at least before tonight, hadn't had lost all of their games. Um, and drumroll, please! They have God, the internet's slow. Oh wow, they've got their first point of the season. They, oh, they uh, got a draw, huh? Yeah, they they tied with uh, with Irving uh, on a penalty. Um, yeah, 
Well, well, good for you getting your first point. Uh, that sounded way worse. We're listening than it to Dan learn learn scores live on the podcast. All right. Funny story. When I used to do uh, PA announcing, that was what it was. Like the the league would like people would text around the halftime scores, and if you're sitting there like and the score from. Uh, Wait a second. Hold up. Hold 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 up. You're burying the lead. You. Dan Crook used to do PA announcing? Yeah, which is really hard when there's a lot of Polish and Lithuanian players. Where did you do this? <laughs> um, that was the team I worked at. You know, it's kind of like you it's a one-man band kind of deal. You just pitch in and do what you can. Wait, wait. Uh, back home in England, not here in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. See, today I learned Dan used to do PA announcing. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, not one of the things I ever thought you'd do before. All right, a, cool. A player's mum once shouted at me because uh, the wireless mic I was using crapped out after her son scored and uh, claimed that clearly there was an agenda against him. I was like, I like him. <laughs> You're the one I think's a prick. <laughs> um, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Good times, good times. Um Texas United got their first win in uh, USL League 2, uh, home to, uh, 3-2 at home to Round Rock. And then, uh, hey, North Texas SC is back this weekend. They've got a Greenville oh, Triumph yes. at, the, uh, at the Globe on Sunday at 6. Oh. Wow. Oh, no, we need, a new, we need a new Has North Texas SC to... person. Have we heard how attendance is going over in Arlington for that team? Do we have any idea? No, I, I got no clue. Okay. Dan? Uh, I'll take that as a people. no. Yeah. I will take that as a no. Um, yeah, not okay. good, I imagine. Yeah, I, don't, I have no idea. Um, okay. Well, uh, anything else that we need to cover today on Yield Podcast of Fun? Well, we, we teased last week that we were going to do the FC Dallas oh, Rejects yes. versus FC Dallas 11. Yes, 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 yes. Let's. It. Let's do that. Let's do that real quick as a closer for today's pod. So the premise is a list of a starting 11 of players that are currently playing in the league? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. They used to play for FC Dallas. They, they, yeah. Okay, but they have, to be, they have to formally have played for Dallas and currently be playing in Major League Soccer, not ex, like retired players or players playing in other leagues. Yeah. No okay. retired. Uh, yeah. I mean, you maybe could convince me of another league if it was like, you know, somebody that's still competed at a really good level, but I don't think really is anybody. So, All right, so who who is the 11, Buzz? And then we can debate whether or not it's actually better than our current 11. Right. Well, I know Dan had a list too, so Dan, let's start at the front. And across the front, the three I have are Fafa Pico, Maxi Yeruti, and Michael Barrios. Oh, crap. I even forgot that Michael Barrios was there. <laughs> I ha- Who did you have for your three? I had Tesho Akindele. I couldn't think of a better right wing. I was like, well, I'm not putting Don Bargi in the lineup. Oh, bless you. All right. Uh, I think I like Buzz's front three better. Um, all right. So who are your middle three? Buzz? Yeah, okay. My three are Kellen Acosta, Dax McCarty, and Victor Yaloa as my six. Okay, I differed right, in putting. Can you there. move some? Oh, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Buzz, you cut out like halfway through. Like you're cutting in and out really, really bad. So I don't know if you can move to a better okay. location or. That, that sounds better. I, I don't know what you did there, but it now. suddenly got better. 
Yeah. All right, let me try it again. All right, so All my right, midfield so three your... is Kellen McCullough. Go ahead. You go. So my midfield three is Kellen Acosta, Dax McCarty, and Victory Lowe as my six. Okay, I was one different. I had Jacory Hayes in place of Victor Yoa. Hmm. Well, I, like I, can, I have again. Hayes. Yeah, I have Hayes in my team because the back line is tough. So at left back, I have Breck Shea, Maynard Figueroa at center back, uh, Walker Zimmerman at center back. That's a good piece. And Ja'Cory Hayes is my right back. Okay, so I went Maynard Figueroa left back, Walker Zimmerman, and then I couldn't pick between Drew Moore or Callum Montgomery center back, and then Breck Shea at right back. Breck Shea at right back, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And then in goal, uh, in goal, I got Chris Seitz. Well, he's the only goalkeeper still in MLS, yeah. so definitely, uh, definitely <laughs> agree on that one. All right. Okay. So how much? I, okay. So I guess I'm, my question is for either one of you, just based on your individual starting eleven of castoffs, how do you feel that team does against the current FC Dallas team? Dan, you want to go? Um. I mean, you've got uh, a decent defense that's prone to a mistake, uh, project fullbacks. You've got a fairly solid midfield, a set of wingers that flatter to deceive sometimes, <laughs> and a striker that's not known for scoring goals very often. So, All right, you do realize that you're talking about the actual current roster, right? I'm talking about both. It's a nil-nil. All right. Do you feel the same way about your cast-off 11 versus the current team, Buzz? I said I actually like my front line better than the FC Dallas front line, at least of late. I mean, I'll take Maxi over Frank O'Hara. Right, the way Vargas has been producing I, and the way Franco, uh, sorry, Fafa Pico has been for Houston, right now I like Fafa Pico better. And I like Vargas so far better than Hadir O'Brien. So I like my cast-off front three better than the FC Dallas front three. Midfield, I think, is a bit of a wash. Better defensively, but offensively, it's about the same. And then defensively, is tough. The outside backs are a real problem. Keeper's a wash. That's fine, too. So um, I actually think that my cast-off 11's got a chance to win because they're going to score a goal. I think the thing you've got, really, is you've got more offensively off the bench that you can bring Baji in and let him do something. You can bring Akindele in and do something of yeah. the 15 former FC Dallas players in MLS. Mm. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm not going to comment because I think it all speaks very much for itself, especially when it you would consider be a that play- crap game of football. Well, I also think that there's a side story about the fact that there are players that are not playing here anymore that appear to be playing better than they did th- when they were here. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. All right. Um, all right. Well, Buzz, um, I, we're having a little bit of technical issues because you're out in the middle of uh, militia training, which is not known yep. for great cellular connections. Um, so I, I, we should probably cut this short. I, by the way, uh, the photo that you sent of your setup in this very, very rustic uh, hotel room, <laughs> to put it mildly, <laughs> looks like a scene out of something from Fargo, by the way. So um, I, uh, thanks for putting up the putting out the effort. Um, to uh, show, but I, the one thing in the photo that I love more than anything else, you brought the dog bed too, and that's a good yeah. dog dad right there. 
Yeah, no, Reno can't go somewhere without that bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's just bunky. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, all right, well, have a great trip, Buzz, um, uh, and be safe and come home yeah, and come back safely to us. Everybody in Dallas needs you. Oh, thank you, sir. And in Frisco, uh, particularly uh, yeah. in Frisco. And particularly in Frisco. And, Dan, thank you for uh, your efforts in picking up the editing uh, efforts tonight. Uh, I know that'll be a heavy weight to lift based on how this has gone technically for the last hour, so sorry you've been burdened with that, but thank you for doing it. Yeah, it's going to suck. Well, thank you for your dulcet tones as always. All right, and don't forget, the only thing that you need to remember out of this entire hour, dear FC Dallas Curious fan, is that you get 25% off your purchase when you go buy all sorts of goodies from Soccer90.com. Go do that now. All right, thank you, FC Dallas Curious fan. We will speak to you next week. Hopefully everybody's here safe and sound and with a better connection on another edition of Third Degree, the podcast. Never forget the name, Thomas Roberts. Third degree, the 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 third degree,